we'll start off by saying that this lesson is <clears throat> something that I had a, or say had, still have a bit of a problem with. And that's why I decided to uh, study it. So we're going to start this morning off. Uh, it begins with what happened after Philip had preached the good news to Samaria and baptized them in the name of Jesus. Turn that on. And the scriptures this morning are going to be a New King James Version. It just kind of fit uh, with what I was wanting to focus on. So we're going to start out in Acts chapter 8, verses 14 through 24. Now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them, who, when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet he had fallen upon none of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. And when Simon saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Spirit was given, he offered them money saying, Give me this power also, that anyone <clears throat> on whom I lay, the, I lay hands may receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter said to him, Your money perish with you, because you thought that the gift of God could be purchased with money. You have neither part nor portion in this matter, for your heart is not right in the sight of God. Repent, therefore, of this your wickedness, and pray, God, if perhaps the thought of your heart may be forgiven you. For I see that you are poisoned by bitterness and bound by iniquity. Then Simon answered and said, Pray to the Lord for me, that none of the things which you have spoken may come upon me. So what I want to focus on this morning is verse 23 and Simon's bitterness. <clears throat> His bitterness came from envy because he saw what the apostles could do through the laying on of their hands. He wanted to, do, he wanted to be able to do the same thing. And he, he even offered them money to purchase it. Then Peter rebukes him and tells him how he had been poisoned by his bitterness and how it was bound and how it has bound him and brought him back to sin. Peter calls his bitterness poison, and I like that. I like that description because anything that you do that will cause you to sin is poisonous. And we all know what happens if we don't treat poison. We'll get sicker and sicker and eventually we'll die from it. You think about getting bit by any type of uh, poisonous snake, if it's not treated, you know, you run the risk of dying from it. And the same is true when it comes to sin. If we continue to allow the poison of bitterness to remain in our life, then we're going to become more and more spiritually sick until we find ourselves separated from God. And if we die physically in that state, we'll be separated from God forever. The good thing, though, <clears throat> is there's an antidote. Peter told Simon what it was. He is told to repent and to pray. Now, we're not told if Simon took that advice or not, but it's kind of implied that he did since he asked Peter to pray for him. You know, if he wasn't interested in repenting, then why would he ask for Peter to pray for him? So our lesson this morning is about the poison of bitterness. And the first thing that I want to look at is some of the things that cause bitterness. In James chapter 3, verses 13 through 16, 
Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. So there are two things. Envy and self-seeking, or these two things, envy and self-seeking will without a doubt cause bitterness. However, I believe the main foundation of bitterness is self-seeking. Because when you're self-seeking, you're the center of, of your own universe. Everything revolves around you. Every decision that you make and everything you do begins with the thought, what will this do for me? What can I gain from this? When you make yourself the number one priority in your life, it will cause you to become bitter at others because you don't want others to be better off than you are. You always want to have the upper hand. When a person is self-seeking, they're usually very prideful and very arrogant. These characteristics, they, they go hand, to hand, hand in hand. And when you become arrogant and prideful, your life will be filled with strife. As Proverbs chapter 13, verse 10 says, by pride comes nothing but strife. Being self-seeking is a huge problem in our society today because we're being taught over and over again that we should take care of ourselves before we take care of others. Which is a direct contrast to God's word because Paul said in Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 through 5, Let nothing be done through self-ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interests of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Life is so much better when we can get over ourselves and realize we're not the center of the universe. When we get off of our high horse, we can take great pleasure in thinking of others, even when it doesn't benefit us. There shouldn't be something in it for us. The second thing James said that, that causes bitterness was envy. And again, I believe that envy comes from being self-seeking because a self-centered person will look at what someone has <clears throat> and they will wish they had it. Now, there's nothing wrong with one necessarily wishing you had something that someone else had, but when you have bitter envy, it will cause you to have animosity and you will begin to despise that person because of your envy and jealousy of them. That's when it becomes a problem. In Proverbs chapter 14, <clears throat> verse 30 a sound, heart, a sound heart is life to the body, but envy is rottenness to the bones. I don't care who you are. You can always find something that someone else has that you'd like to have. Maybe they have the prettiest wife or the most handsome husband. Maybe they have more money than you, a better job than you. Or they've got kids that are more talented than your kids. Maybe they're better at sports than you. Or they're smarter than you. The list just goes on and on. But what you need to realize is that it doesn't matter if you don't have it all. Instead, you should be content with what you have and what you've been blessed with from God. I mean, think about it. If everyone were exactly the same and had the same things, this world would be boring. Our lives would be boring. 
That means everybody that preached would pretty much preach in the same manner. We would get bored of that pretty quick. That's the benefit of having more than one speaker and not having a paid preacher. God created us in such a way that we have our own individual talents and unique circumstances. As Christians, we need to learn to have the attitude that Moses had in Numbers 11, verses 26 through 30. But two men had remained in the camp. The name of, of one was Eldad, and the name of the other was Medad. And the Spirit rested upon them. Now they were, they were among those listed, but who had not gone out to the tabernacle. Yet they prophesied in the camp. And the young man ran and told Moses and said, Eldad and Medad are prophesying in the camp. So Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, one of his choice men answered and said, Moses, my Lord, forbid them. Then Moses said to him, Are you zealous for my sake? Oh, that all the Lord's people were prophets and that the Lord would, would put his spirit upon them. And Moses returned to the camp, both he and the elders of Israel. So these two men were prophesying in the camp, and Joshua didn't like it. <clears throat> he wanted Moses to, to forbid it. Now, if Moses had been self-seeking, he could have become angry that someone else was doing his job. But Moses wasn't like that, was he? Instead, he was happy that these, these two men were doing this, and he even wished that all the people could do this. This is the attitude that we should have. Because James said in, in James chapter 3, verse 16, For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. Now that we've looked at some of the, the causes of bitterness, let's talk about the impact of the poison of bitterness. And we all know what a, pl a plum thicket is. We've got some out here. Uh, if you go out in the country, you'll see them. If you ever tried to cut one down, it's pretty difficult to do. Their roots grow several feet underground, and when you cut one down, it just grows right back. Even if you get to the root and chop it up, if any of it remains, it'll continue to grow. The root of bitterness is the same way because when we are poisoned by bitterness, it affects, its effects will run deep and long and it'll show up in all kinds of places. And we need to understand that once we unleash that bitterness on others, what we say can't be taken back and the damage is already done. Being bitter is wrong, and it doesn't help anyone when we act that way. Bitterness can destroy our relationship, relationships with others because when we're bitter, we're going to rub somebody the wrong way, and we're going to do it more than once. We will continue to do so until it gets to the point where our friend or our loved one no longer wants to have anything to do with us. Another place that bitterness can cause negative things to happen is when bitterness is allowed to enter the Lord's church. This is why Paul warned Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. <clears throat> but now this, that in the last days perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, Despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, and from such people turn away. When Paul wrote this, these things were currently happening at that time. 
and they're still happening today. Paul tells Timothy and us to stay away from those that are lovers of themselves along with the, others, the other sins that are listed. We should certainly keep bitterness out of the Lord's church because if we don't, it can cause all kinds of problems. It will disrupt the, it will disrupt the u- unity of the church. It can take our attention away from what is important and cause us to fight battles that we shouldn't be fighting. Now think about this. Do you want to be responsible for causing the Lord's church to become dysfunctional? When the day of judgment comes and the books are open and you're standing before Jesus, what answer can you possibly give to justify your bitterness towards others or how it hindered the church to grow for a season? So as Christians, we need to strive to keep bitterness out of our life and out of the church, and we should focus our attention on how we can build the church up instead of tearing it down. For our final point this morning, I want to look at some ways that we can learn to overcome the poison of bitterness. In Hebrews chapter 12, verses 14 through 15, pursue peace with all people and holiness, without which no one will see the Lord, looking carefully lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by this many become defiled. We're given two ways that help, uh, help us get bitterness out of our life. And these two things must be done in order to see the Lord. First, we are to pursue peace with all people, which is completely opposite of what a bitter person will do. If we focus our efforts on getting along with folks instead of being jealous or angry with them, then we're not going to have much room for bitterness, are we? But before we can accomplish this, we have to first <clears throat> become at peace with ourselves and accept, that, that, uh, accept who we are and realize that the world doesn't revolve around us. And once we realize this, it'll make it possible for us to be at peace with ourselves and with others. Second, we are to pursue holiness, which literally means sanctification. The way we do this is found in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 22 through 23. Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit and sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. So the way that we can pursue holiness or sanctification is by obeying God's word and living by it. If you allow the word of God to be, to be your God on a daily basis, you'll be able to defeat the poison of bitterness because you will learn how bitterness affected others in the Bible and the consequences that came from it. And when you use Jesus as your example, you will see how he always put God first. And he always was concerned about those around him. When you see the compassion and love he had for you and the entire human race, it should inspire you to do the same. Paul also wrote in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 31 through 32, Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice, and be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God in Christ forgave you. So as Christians, we need to continue to grow and strive to keep bitterness out of our life, and we can do it. 
As Paul said, we can learn to be kind to one another, tender-hearted and forgiving of one another by following Jesus' example. Not only will studying God's word and following his example help us, but we must never forget the, wonder av- the wonderful avenue of prayer. If you will pray to God for help with the bitterness in your life, with anything that's going on in your life, he'll help you with it. And one of the greatest gifts we've received since we've become Christians is the ability to repent and confess our sins before God. When we do this, we can overcome the poison of bitterness, just like Simon was told to do by Peter. This morning, we've learned what bitterness is, what causes it, its impact, and how we can overcome it. And I hope that if you have bitterness in your life today, that you realize that God doesn't want you to be bitter. And if you continue down the bitter path, you're going to find yourself miserable and separated from God. So I hope you'll make the decision today to start pursuing peace with those around you and pursuing holiness by living your life for God based on his word. You know, there's a lot of things that, that uh, we can get upset about, a lot of things that get under our skin for one reason or another, um, and some people that get under our skin for one reason or another. But we've got to find ways to, to overcome that. You know, you can be upset with somebody because of something they did. But just as God forgave us, just as he forgives us every day for our sins, when we repent, we should be able to forgive them. We can't keep that bitterness in our heart because if we do, it's going to put a wedge in there. And it's going to separate us from them and from being the Christian family that we should be I've had a problem actually to be honest with you a while back Josh and I had a bit of bitterness between us Uh, I thought it was just me but it was him as well and we both recognized that we sat down we we had a chit chat about it and we've mended that relationship you know Josh and I've been good friends for a while and we almost let something little get between us to cause us not to have that friendship anymore. And I'm thankful that he and I both took that, that time and, and mended that relationship. Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. If you'd like to know more about this subject or any other Bible topic, send us a message at our Facebook page, The Church of Christ, Wheeler Area.